If your metro don't trust you, I'm gon' shut you Beautiful morning, you're the sun of my morning, babe What's up? Now Style's your pod coming at you. This is our 68th episode, Dave. Yeah. What do you think about that? I missed a week. I know, kind of crazy. Actually, it was actually extra episodes because of our end of year. We did, we did miss one one week. We made up for it because we had like four. Right. Yeah, we had like, five, I think, what, three for that end of year. Best of TV, best movies, and best music. Right. Three. Which We're up to. I, I was not smart last year, did not think ahead, so I was like scrambling to put that list together. The list is steadily growing. I have to listen to more albums, watch more shows. There's a lot, a lot of culture. TV's insane already. TV, I'm so far behind on. Some some shows I'm giving up. Like, there's no way I'm gonna be able to catch up on. Uh, gosh, what's the uh, David Lynch one? Twin Peaks? Yeah, Twin Peaks. See, no I way. Thought, I thought that, but Twin Peaks goes till August. Dude, but in August, isn't it? Well, I guess August is a lull. I That's told right. you about this. That's summer. right. Yeah, Thrones, and if you want to watch Preacher. So maybe, maybe. We, we should watch Preacher. I hear a lot of good things about it, that. Yeah. But we got a lot to talk about this week. We're going to be talking uh, some box office results, some music that came out, some music that will be coming out, our mm-hmm. thoughts on that. Let's start, though, with the uh, Black Panther trailer. So yeah. we recorded a pre-recorded pod to look over some of the albums of the uh, summer that we had missed, so we weren't able to talk about the Black Panther trailer, which dropped during the NBA Finals last Monday. Yes, and... Whew, man, what a trailer. And it basically has every black actor that's not Will Smith or Denzel. I or think. Mahershala Ali, basically. Yeah, like all, Those, like, everyone really who's hot basically is in it. Right. Uh, what, Chadwick Boseman, Michael B. Jordan, Lupita Nyong'o, David Kaluuya, which I didn't even know Daniel. Was. Daniel Kaluuya, yeah, And sorry. then Denai Vieira, uh, yeah. show with The Walking Dead, among other things. Forrest Whitaker, Angela Bassett. Yeah, great. And then it also has two awesome white actors, Martin, Martin Freeman and Andy Serkis. So yeah, it looks stacked, man. Surprising the roles from uh, Age of Ultron. So what did you take away from the trailer? Anything that stood out to you? Anything that you felt was exciting or that you didn't know about? I mean, it just was a little teaser. So we just saw some cool action stuff, uh, all those actors and whatnot. But the swoop-in scene when uh, Legend Has It by mm-hmm. RTJ Run the Jewels comes on. Which... And you see uh, Wakanda in all its mm-hmm. technological glory. Yep. It's just really cool. And again, I just think like, can't believe we're here. Marvel's doing so good that there's a Black Panther solo movie coming out yeah. in February. And it looks dope. Yep. Run the jewels in the background for that Great trailer. Job. Amazing. That, that's Ryan Coogler right there. Yeah. And that's the other thing that stood out to me was just, even from those shots, just the way it was shot looks vibrant and beautiful yes. and looks really dope. Which is cool, too, because we were saying how much we liked the Thor 3 trailer. Mm-hmm. And Guardians 2 has a unique flair to it, too, so... Right. Nice and Justice League is or, uh, Wonder Woman as well, so it's a nice theme recently. Yeah, absolutely. Also, seeing Michael B. Jordan be in uh, a villain type role, mm-hmm. really awesome. Killmonger. I, I think he's gonna be fantastic. <laughs> yeah, so I'm really pumped for that. So this weekend, box office, Pixar, Cars three came out and it won the weekend, fifty three million dollars. Lowest of the three Cars films. Which is not surprising. I mean, I think it's losing a bit of its steam at this point. The franchise, just like Lightning McQueen, is washed up. Wow. Did you write that one down? No. Wow. <laughs> not good for you. Bars. So, Wonder Woman. Just like Owen Wilson, too. The lead. Huh? Yeah. I haven't, he hasn't done much. I like Owen Wilson, but... Yeah, he's he was in as an internship, remember in the Google movie? Yeah, and I feel like he does like an art movie like once a year where he's acting out. Anyways, Wonder Woman. Holding strong in second place, $40 million. All Eyes on Me, the Tupac biopic. 27 million. The Mummy, 13 million. And Rough Night had a rough weekend. $9 million for a cast that was stacked. Indeed. So, what do you take away from, from these results from the weekend? Pixar is just unstoppable? No, not necessarily. They were the 
big new release going out. Animated mm-hmm. movies always do well in the summer. There hasn't been one in a while, so I don't think Cars' success is any indictment on Pixar per se. It's just those movies are really popular with kids. Like I think they generated ten million dollars in merchandise, or was it 10, 10 billion? Tons of toy sales basically right. for the Cars franchise the past twelve years. So. I don't think that's really a surprise. They have an appeal with the kids. Mm-hmm. Mummy was in second week. Wonder Woman's third week. Right. So uh, Mummy dropping off pretty quick, given the bad reviews, but doing well overseas. But Wonder Woman not dropping off quick. Yeah, only forty five percent drop going to second week, and like only like thirty, I think, going into the third week. That, that's insane. Yeah, really I've seen on my own personal social media feed a lot of people going to see it the second time, and mm-hmm. some people even going for a third time, and even um, you know women are continuing to go, which is. Awesome, because I think that was one of the the fears was a female superhero, will it be able to hold base like that? I mean, not only get the results at first, but then hold it, and it seems like it's doing really well, which is awesome for DC, like we already talked about, though. Exactly. All Eyes on Me, I think, had a pretty good weekend, considering I didn't see a ton of promotion for this movie. Yeah, honestly, the only things I've heard positive about it really are that it's a good Tupac impersonation, like hmm. good portrayal of Tupac the character, but the movie kind of plays out like you're reading his Wikipedia. Right. And I also hear it leaves out some of the more important moments, which, I, I mean, I'd have to see to mm-hmm. really verify, but... Yeah, I don't know. That seems like a see-it-later movie. It's not up, It's not nearly on the par of Trail of Compton, for right. example. How about Rough Night, though? I mean, $9 million? I thought there was at least a, some buzz around it, because think about the weekend, it's, it's not going up against anything in that you know, lane uh, right. this weekend. The Mummy, Wonder Woman, Cars, and Rough Night. Like, I feel like, you know, the adult 18 to 49 demo. Yeah, it right only there. has a uh, 49 on Rotten Tomatoes, which is actually better than I was expecting. It's better than The Mummy. Really? What does The Mummy have? Not, not a large low. But yeah, Rough Night, we talked about it before we did our summer preview episodes. How about a mm-hmm. concept nostalgic pop? Oh, Mummy only has a 16%. Oof. Biff, I mean, for a comedy, doing 50-50, not terrible, but... But only making $9 million. And again, there's, there is really just no buzz. You know, I, I thought it, I thought there was some early, but right. there really wasn't. This it's is... kind of crazy how much of a flop it is given the star power. Yeah. You know, we talk about how movies like Tyler Perry movies come out every summer, and they're basically the same thing, and there's mm-hmm. always like a lane for these certain ones. And this is like the female comedy lane that Bridesmaids really has carved out for the summer movies, I feel like. which This is actually also a really important movie because this is the first R-rated comedy directed by a woman in, like, 20 years. Really? Insane. Right? Wow. Like, Bridesmaids, that's uh, Paul Feig, you know. Right. Guy. But when you get, but like... But that, you know, did do well. So, but. Yeah, when you get Scarlett Johansson, Kate McKinnon, Zoe Kravitz, and Alana Glazer, and Jillian Bell, too, who's mm-hmm. no slouch in there. Ty Burrell's in there. Yeah, I mean, you... You need to, oh Demi Moore too apparently yep. so you really need to make more than nine million dollars that's that's a huge hit for that's worse than Neighbors too significantly worse that's worse than Mike and Dave need wedding dates hmm. it's worse than Baywatch rough night yeah uh, probably not gonna see it no <laughs> probably yeah not. like th- when everyone's saying that it's not that funny how'd you make this movie if it wasn't right. that funny I don't, I don't understand whatever I guess maybe just the big names yeah, drove it through who knows <sighs> anyway some some more optimistic. Uh, well, I guess maybe not that optimistic. Transformers is on the horizon. I'll make some money. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> that will probably overtake cars, I'm guessing. Yeah, definitely. Do you think it will make over $100 million? I haven't looked at tracking, so this is totally me guessing. Yeah, I'm going to say... I don't think it I'm does. I'm going to say no. I don't think it does. No. Not here. Domestically, no. Right. Oh, well, over in China, it will probably make... Of course. $100 billion. But in the United States, I don't see it. and I feel like people are already kind of tired of Transformers. 
Especially this one, which doesn't make sense in the trailer. No. Even, like, the guy... Yeah. It's Anthony Hopkins doing a Westworld impersonation while Mark Wahlberg just runs around. That's basically the whole trailer. I mean, and I don't know... The female lead who's yeah. the, the new one. Right. Cycling through at this point. It's terrible. But more optimistic news than even that, mm-hmm. Dave, you nailed your XXL freshman picks. Mm-hmm. I mean, what, what do you got? It? 60% right? I got 6 out of 10. It's really if good. If you take away the fan vote, I got 6 out of 9. Oh, so you got yes. six out of nine. Eight. Nice. Next week, episode Nice. Nine. Tune in for that. So the fan vote was XXX Tentacion. We talked about him. Mm-hmm. He has that song, Look at Me. That was a song that Drake was accused of stealing the flow from for KMT on More yeah, Life. Yeah. We've been through this. He's a guy who has beef with Rob Stone. I brought this up. I personally pick Rob Stone because I think he's a way better artist. Mm-hmm. But X has 2.2 million Instagram followers. He's right. way... And they weren't going to pick both of no, them, right? Notorious. And definitely weren't going to pick both of them. And, they, and the fan vote got X in there so the, and gotcha. you know looking back that was probably the smarter call mm-hmm. he's just more popular so but I did at least acknowledge it but the three that I didn't get right were uh, guys I didn't even mention PNB Rock Cap G and Ugly God um, Ugly God Ugly oh, God the SoundCloud rapper Cap G is this Hispanic kind of rap sung guy and PNB Rock is kind of kind of like uh, like Drizzy Drizzy rap sing uh, as well Every Day We Lit is his big song but the ones I got right Kamaya A Boogie Amine Kyle Playboy Cardi and Main Tokyo. Nice and job, I thought man. those were all pretty easy ones. I think you did a little bit better last year, though. Actually, I don't remember. Cause, well, last year was also so slam dunk. There were no surprises right. last year's, except for, like, Davies. Which? You know, Uzi, Kodak, Yacht. Right. You uh, knew it. Little Dicky, Designer. Right. We knew all those ones were coming, so. Yeah. I actually knew those people last year. I right. don't know any, especially those other guys. You know Cardi. Rock. Even Jay-Z I know Cardi. knows Cardi. Yeah, which, why don't you talk about Jay-Z Magnolia, a little bit? Incredible. He won an award this weekend, right? He went a little crazy on Twitter. First rapper inducted into the Songwriters Hall of Fame. Which, uh, does he really deserve to be the first one? No. No. No, he doesn't. No. I mean, Tupac, Tupac Changes is a much more meaningful and deep song than anything that Jay-Z has ever written. Anyway, check out Jay-Z's <laughs> Twitter rant if you're interested in that. He mentions Playboy Cardi, which is hilarious. <laughs> but more importantly, this whole tease for uh, 444, what is it, has uh, finally come to a uh, conclusion. We know what it is, Pat. What is it? It's going to be Jay-Z's next album, Dave, coming out exclusively on Tidal on June 30th, and that's lame as fuck, because who the hell has Tidal, and Nobody. who's going to listen to this album when it comes out? I'm not even really that interested in it, to be honest. So, I've said this years ago, this is not a hot take, this is just fact. Jay-Z has more bad albums than good albums. Right, he just is prolific. And now he's 47. Why do you think this is going to be a good album? What, what is he going to Carter wasn't a good album, and that was four years ago. What's he going to talk about? How, basically how Beyonce... Showed him up after he cheated on it. He's gonna talk about that, the same kind of things he used to uh, occasionally reply to people on Twitter about when Magna Carta production was coming out and he was like on the couch with Rick Rubin and Pharrell and Swiss Beats and all those like those videos. Right. Where everyone's like, oh shit, all these really smart musical geniuses. What's good? This right. album, whoa man. Mm-hmm. And then uh, someone made fun of him and he's like, you know, I don't, I don't know if Rick Rubin's still there. I haven't been in that house in a while or been in that room in a while. You know, he's just, it's just a roundabout way of Jay-Z saying, I got a big-ass house. Because that's all he can talk about now is how rich he is because he's so separated from what it's like to be a normal person because he's been a right. multimillionaire for 15 years. Yeah, a long time. Did you see the video of him and Kevin Hart on Twitter where no. they were at the NBA Finals game and they were taking a picture together and they were basically Jay-Z said to whoever's taking the picture, like, take a picture while we're laughing. So then they were both just fake laughing the whole time. That's Jay Z's life all the time now. <laughs> Nothing is real in it anymore.
I mean, he just had twins. There's a, there's that conspiracy that the first pregnancy wasn't even a real real pregnancy with with Beyonce. There's a lot of what a lot of shenanigans. I, I don't even think that's been released. Oh, yet. Okay, I, just, I don't even I, know. I haven't seen it, so I wasn't sure if I missed it. Let's see, Beyonce twins names. Let's see, Beyonce and Jay Z welcome twins. Gave birth to her twins. Did she have a boy and a girl, and what baby? <laughs> Alright, never mind. <laughs> yeah, no one seems to know anything about this. I mean, it's funny, Jay-Z's uh, last album, Magna Carta, Holy Grail, that was in a so- uh, released in association with Samsung, so anyone with a Samsung Galaxy S3 at the time got the album for free on their phone. Which... Which was me, so I didn't get the album for free. <laughs> but now it's just association with Sprint and Tidal, so I'm not sure if it's going to be Tidal exclusive, and Tidal uh, is far lagging in terms of subscribers behind Apple Music and Spotify, so... Mm-hmm. Everyone's going to download it illegally. Right. Just like happened with uh, Lake and Pablo when it first released only on title. Yeah. By the way, boy and a girl, and no names yet. No names. As of as of recording. No name. That's someone I want on an XXL, but way too niche of a pick. So. We all know yeah. how much people like when uh, people just get albums on their phones. which. Uh, yeah, like Songs of Innocence. Yeah. Stellar U2 record. Which actually, recently, I had a very funny conversation with a uh, adult about. And they were like, how do I get this album off my phone? And I was like, first of all, what year are you in? And I was like, this is two years old. There was a whole uh, URL Apple had to promote right. about taking Apple off. But not only not only that, but then that, then they said, uh, you know what my least favorite part about this album is? I said, what? They said, the cover. I said, why? They're like, it's too provocative for me. And it's a man holding another man's waist. And I was like, I really just went back like 10 years Jeez. talking to this person. Wow. It was quite it was quite the conversation. So hopefully they're not a listener. Don't want to blow their spot up, but it was it was something. Give us a review if it's... In fact, you. Yeah, please do. Also, uh, another album that was announced, September 1st, LCD Sound System's fourth studio album, American Dream. What is the American Dream? Is it misleading all your fans that you broke up and then coming back to make lots of money? Because I think that's the American Dream. It it might be. (laughs) LCD Sound System also announced that this is the last album that will be recorded at the old DFA record studio, which is pretty cool. And they announced a world tour. So, Dave, what do you think about LCD Sound System's fourth album coming out? And the last at the DFA album studio. Sounds cool, man. That's like a historic place at this point. So historic, brah. Yeah, that's cool, whatever. Uh, everyone likes LCD <laughs> Sound System. Ah, whatever. September 1st is so far away. Yeah, yeah. I know. But, uh, yeah, and, and the Nothing show is... Nothing gets announced that far in advance, basically, anymore. Think literally, so I'm buying tickets for the shows this Friday, and I'm not going to go see the show for almost six months after I buy the ticket. Is it next year? No, it's December. It's in December. Wow. So they, they start touring right after the album drops. You'll be able to get... You can go and buy tickets for next year if you want, right? When the tour goes on sale? Uh, tour ends in December. Oh, it's that so, fast? Yeah, it's happening September through oh. December. And what kind of world tour is this? They're doing only like six... Eight, I think eight shows over in Europe, so... Yeah, world. Yeah. Well, they're doing like the major places, like London, Warsaw, Paris... You know, like the major ones, so that'll be interesting. But talk to me about Vince Staples. So I know that you really like Vince Staples. You really like uh, his his song on the Gorillas album. Was that in Andromeda? I don't think it was. Uh, One of those. (laughs) Yeah, it was something like that. It was one. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Gorillas Humans. We weren't big fans of that album. You can check our review. Cycle on a nostalgia pod and on YouTube. But this is his what third album coming out? Second. Second album coming out. He had an EP come out last summer. And um, what are your ex- expectations for it? Yeah, Big Fish Theory, his second album. I'm really excited for it because Vince Staples, despite being a, actually not despite, but because he's a woke Compton youth, 
a la Kendrick Lamar, he's got some shit to say. And he's always been a really lyrical rapper, despite still being very authentic to his street roots. Okay. So he has a very unique sound. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what's so cool about the West Coast, is that you have someone like YG coming out of Compton and making this 90s G-Funk sound that sounds very retro. Right. And then you have guys like Schoolboy Q, which is just kind of like contemporary gangster rap. Yeah. And we have Kendrick going, you know... Very thoughtful. Uh, super worldview yeah. right? And Evan Staples is kind of in the middle there where he's talking about, you know, what grander themes but still kind of bringing it back to uh, Compton mm-hmm. and uh, his West Coast uh, upbringing. And I'm really excited for it because he's kind of really developed a really cool personality ever since he kind of yeah, hit it right? off. He's, he's funny, funny, witty. He's not afraid of, to say stuff. Like he, He's like dry humor, though. He is, yeah. That's what's that's what's so cool about it. You watch any interviews, like you understand, like Pins Fables is a smart guy, and he understands like how the music game works, right. and he just has fun with it. But he got some notoriety when he said the ni- '90s hip hop is overrated. Mm-hmm. But that, you know that was the clickbaity headline. But then he got into it and said, "Yeah, the '90s are overrated to me because I didn't come up on the '90s. My first stuff. favorite rapper was 50 Cent because right. I came up in the mid 2000s." So, you know, he's kind of putting it in perspective for, you know, right. millennials where, you know, you can kind of understand where Yachty's head is at when he says Biggie's overrated. He's like, for me personally, right. I haven't listened to Biggie for a long ass time. And Vince Staples is kind of more eloquently representing right. that idea. It's like when Chance talks about how, like, Lil Wayne was, like, or Kendrick talks about how Lil Wayne was mm-hmm. such a big influence. Like, yeah, they definitely appreciate the... It is downpouring at the studio. Yeah. <laughs> I apologize for, for the real. audio. How they appreciate the 90s rap, but at the same time, like, their influences are ludicrous, 50 Cent, like, people that are way more, way more in their, their, their sphere yeah. growing up. So. Right, right. What about Action Bronson, though? I saw he dropped a, a record or a, a single, wasn't able to listen to yeah. it, but... Let I, Me I, Breathe is the name of the song. Recently announced, new project, Blue Chips 7000. Blue Chips 1 and 2 are two of his gotcha. next tapes. So, uh, we're not, it's not entirely sure if this is a studio album or a commercial mixtape or what. But uh, it'll be on Atlantic, so I, it'll be you'll cost money. Why uh, did he name it seven thousand? He went one, two, then seven. 000. I don't know. Uh, he put he the way he explained his album quote was it's U two on steroids. So uh, blue chips two to blue chip seven thousand. You know, he adds so some HGH to the. He's diet. going to the future, I guess. So futuristic U two sound. And we haven't heard from Action since Mister Wonderful, which was twenty fifteen. Yeah, I saw him. So, uh, so it's been a while. I saw him playing that album live at Governor's Ball. It's very good. Yeah, I enjoy him a lot. And Action also is a... Will he have a song with Chance on this? Like Baby Blue? Yeah. Let's hope. Uh, yeah, I'd really hope so. That's he, one of his best songs. He's refreshing, though, because he has a really retro sound. I mean, yeah. he always was compared to uh, sounding just like Ghostface Killa mm-hmm. and from Wu-Tang Clan, and it makes a lot of sense. He reps Queens, but he's an Albanian fella. Right. He used to be a chef. Really funny personalities. Yeah. There yeah. used to be a thing of he would throw kids off of his stage. <laughs> But then he stopped doing it because kids started running up on him on purpose because they wanted to get thrown, and he's like, I can't have this happening anymore. Right. But yeah, he's he's a funny guy. So I'm excited for him because, again, very unique. Yeah, he's got uh, the whole Aliens thing and uh, yeah, like I'm, getting high and talking about that. Right, stuff. and again, we, like, we've talked about how di- uh, diverse hip-hop is today, and Finn Staples and Action Bronson coming out within a few months of each other. You know, there it is right there. Yeah, absolutely. And Jay-Z, right in the middle of that. Yeah. So. <laughs> Probably be talking more about Vince Staples and Action Bronson than Jay-Z at this point, yeah. most likely. Also want to shout out Pretty Girls Like Trap Music. 2 Chainz's fourth album came out last Friday, and it is really good. I, yeah, I heard it was fire. Like, I mean, I was on vacation last week, so I didn't get a chance to listen, but... I'm I'm, lis- I, I was listening to it, I'm like, wow, this this reminds me of how I felt when I listened to Trap Lord by ASAP Ferg. It's like, this has no right to be this good. <laughs> My favorite song is 4AM by Travis Scott. That's a banger. 
But I think most of his, the good songs are actually the ones without features, hmm. where it's just, just Mr. Chains. Dos Cadenas, but Mr. Chains. Yeah, Migos on there, you got Swaley on there, you got Nicki Minaj on there, Travis, so yeah, that's good. Mm-hmm. Big Boy also released a solo album, first one yeah. since 2012, pretty nice. Killer Mike's on like three songs. Oh, awesome. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Young Thug actually released his debut studio album, which, again, is ridiculous because he's had so many influential like, projects. Right. Beautiful Thugger Girls. Interesting. Because Barter 6 and Slime Season 3 and My Name is Jeffrey, all these really hot thug projects, they weren't albums. Right. So. Hmm. Yeah. yeah, just mentioning albums that came out, Fleet Fox has released their first album, I think, in four or five years. And uh, it's gotten, gotten a good review so far, so I'm, I'll definitely check that out mm-hmm. and report back eventually. And also, really excited for Arcade Fire's album. They released Are their ya? second single, another very good song. So The hype uh, is increased. Yes. LCD Sound System, Arcade Fire, Fleet Foxes. Rock is back, baby. So we're, at, well, we're going to have to go record another rock pod in like so two months. So last, last week, we, re- we reviewed Phoenix, we reviewed all J. Mm-hmm. Bleachers, right? We also reviewed Bryson Tiller. Bryson Tiller is on a song with DJ Khaled and Rihanna. This came out a few days ago called Wild Thoughts. Yeah. And Bryson Tiller is more lively and more energetic on this fucking feature Ugh. than he is on any of his songs on his album that just came out. That is so annoying. Was it, so he must have just been trying to go for that, like... He had to have been. Which is just disappointing. He wanted to put everyone to sleep. Ugh. So, that's annoying. But. Someone that didn't put me to sleep. Melodrama. Lord. Hell yeah. yeah. What a fucking follow-up album. Is this the best pop album since Frank Ocean about a year ago? Definitely the most thoughtful, I well, think, the most lyrical. It's interesting. Because this ain't no Katy Perry Witness, I'll tell you that. Yeah, it's no Kingdom Hearts, whatever. Halsey. Halsey named herself. Yeah, or whatever. whatever. Uh, Dark Fountain or something like that. <laughs> Hopeless Fountain, Fountain Kingdom, I yeah, think. Yeah, that's, that, that, that's what it is. <laughs> Katy Perry was number one for album streams, I believe. Halsey was number one, then Katy Perry's number one. Lord will be number one. That'll be three women... Top in the Billboard 200. This is by back far to back to back. the best album out of the three. Definitely. Um, oh, definitely. Thinking about just pure pop, uh, I mean, I guess it would depend on like categories you put certain out, but yeah, I mean, this is one of my favorite albums of the year, for sure. Yeah, and it's 100% a breakup album, but this isn't like the it's breakup a, album you think of when you listen to Taylor Swift, you know? Right. This isn't like, it's oh, all these broken people... heart all the time. Right. It's about growing, which yeah. is a really... I think important like standpoint and because she's in her 20s now right and like it shows that like it's kind of the evolution of how Lord thinks about things right and it's because she's really introverted after I read through or after I listen through one time I like to go and read some reviews just to kind of see like what people are saying about it Mm -hmm. and at the end of Pitchfork Pitchfork's review they said it's hard to believe that this is Lord's first time being a teenager because she's so good at describing it she can talk about it and talk about like growing pains and all that in such a beautiful and elegant way that like most people who are even in, like older can't really describe. And even like the way that this is written, I know we talked about Jack Antonoff producing this and she had her original producer as well. You can really hear how she takes the way she says things or her cadence on things or even how she sings certain songs or certain parts of songs to create meaning that mm-hmm. is so unique to a pop star which yeah. is really how you have to categorize that's, that's exactly what I was thinking is despite all the new people she's worked with and despite you know growing up a lot and obviously being in a much more different place now as a you know incredibly mm-hmm. successful young woman right. she didn't compromise her artistry at all no and I think that's so refreshing yeah. for a major pop star mm-hmm. these days and uh, yeah 
the fact that it, it's such a, a lyrical album and the singles actually really flow in the record, which was not something you would have expected when you listened to singles when they were just the singles no. because they didn't seem to you know, make sense together. Yeah, that was actually something we were talking about off-air originally, but the singles, I mean, they all sounded pretty good, but when thinking about how you make a cohesive record with something like Greenlight and then Liability, it's mm-hmm. like, okay, those songs are two different ends of the spectrum. One's an anthem, one's a very, like meaningful deep song she was really able to make it flow and i think the production on this was just phenomenal the sound was phenomenal and like i was saying before jack anstoff's presence on this is very apparent because if you listen to bleachers gone now and then you listen to melodrama back to back yeah you would hear a lot of the same types of switch-ups and just like background noises things like that which, but it makes sense for lord still which right. is which i think is what makes it so great yeah, because even in a sense, Gone Now is also a song about, or a record about moving on, but just mm-hmm. for a different part of life, which is still in the same kind of vein as Bleachers, which is, uh, or melodrama. When you think about pop stars, where does Lord fall in, in, in like, the tiers? Because you have uh, people like, hard. you have people like Katy Perry, who puts out an album, no matter how good it is, it's going to be number one. Halsey's reaching that, that level now. Get Selena Gomez, the yeah, most. Selena Gomez is up there. Ariana she has Grande. the most Instagram followers of anyone in the world. I no, believe. Katy Perry has the most. She's the most Twitter million. followers. Twitter follow. Oh yeah. Yeah, I think Selena has Instagram. Interesting. Which is yeah, Selena Gomez is is really neat because she's pretty young. I think she's right. uh, like our age, is like twenty four or something, mm-hmm. twenty five. But she has very young fan base and yeah. a very big fan base that have been with her for a while. Those Disney days, bro. And then I think Demi Lovato is kind of in that same mm-hmm. lane. And uh, Beyonce's obviously at the top. Right. Like, she's. Beyonce drops an album, the world stops. I mean, Lady Gaga drops an album, the world stops. Adele. Adele drops an album, right. the world stops. So it's like. And Taylor. Those are probably the top four. Yeah, you had those four, and then there's a second tier. So is Lord in that second tier yet? Is she in like a third tier rising? I see, I don't. It's the a second album. The sales for this are like 80 ish, yeah, I think, which is very good, obviously, but that's not Halsey. That's not Bryson Tiller, you know? So I think because she's still. This introverted lyrical pop music yeah. that still is mainstream, it is a niche appeal. Right. And like a song like Greenlight has only modestly charted, and I don't think anything else is going to chart any better than that. Right. So I think it's tough to put her in a high tier because mm-hmm. of that reason. When I was thinking about it, I think she does fall in like that third tier probably. But I think the thing that will help her longevity is the fact that she is weird and she embraces that and mm-hmm. can really make artistic albums that even though it's a pop album this doesn't lack for substance at all no which a lot of pop albums do because they're just trying to go for things that people can sing and people can play in their car at a party and relate to yeah and i think what one of the best things lord has going for her is that she doesn't i think she has proven thus far with her first two records and again this can certainly change she's only like 20 years old but that she doesn't need to rely on these mainstream songwriters like a Max Martin to produce her her hits right. or like a Dr. Luke or something. Mm-hmm. I, I think even Max Martin told her she was making pop music wrong if right. she wanted to play for the radio, which I guess is kind of true, even though Royals was the number one song. But you know, you just think about how this uh, relates to Katy Perry, who we talked mm-hmm. about last week. No Dr. Luke helped this time around. She set out to be more ambitious in her record but it really kind of falls flat there's some you know there's some decent high points on it but right. overall a lot of the conversation whether it's warranted or not is what does Katy Perry actually bring to the table besides someone who's just really good at singing the songs you write for right yeah and I guess if you have to think about you know like it's, a, it's right around NBA draft time so you're seeing a lot of what's this person's ceiling right now <laughs> if, if you're in our sphere you know like yeah, pop yeah. culture sports 
sphere. Her ceiling is Lady Gaga. You know, like she fits that like yeah. weird niche. This is Lord, you mean? Yeah, Lord. Right. That her her ceiling is Lady Gaga. She's never gonna be like a Taylor Swift where she puts out an album and every song could be an, an anthem people are singing. I don't think because she's just not that type of artist. Mm-hmm. But she can definitely make albums that you look back on and say, "Wow." I mean, like like the Fame or the Fame Monster, both albums that are fantastic. Perfect pop album. And Lord is, I mean, I wouldn't say either one of her albums has been perfect, but she's going to make one one day that will be considered perfect. Very unique. It's going to be fantastic, and I can't wait for that. Oh, yeah, for context, Katy Perry, 66 million Instagram followers. Selena Gomez, 122 Instagram followers. And, like, you try and think of someone else who's really big. Kylie Jenner, she's probably, like, what, 80 million? Does Kim Kardashian 95 million. What, what is Kylie? Kylie's ahead of Kim. Really? Which is insane, isn't it? I always remember Kim Kardashian. Oh, sorry, no, she isn't. She's catching up, though. Kim is 101. Gotcha. Man, 126 million. Yeah. can't imagine anyone seeing... I can't imagine 126 million people ever seeing anything I do. That's crazy. <laughs> Bieber, 88. Except for hopefully listen to this podcast. If you share us, soundcloud.com slash nostalgiapod. Yeah. Twitter, at nostalgiapod. <laughs> Go to YouTube, subscribe, share us. Make us big. We want to have all those followers. <laughs> what what songs off this? We'll never be royals. But please <laughs> no. share us. Ah, that that was good. That was nice. What songs off this would you say are must listens? If if you don't want to check out the whole album, I, I think I have a, a better appreciation for this now that I hear after listening to the rest of the album. The Perfect Places, the last song, yeah. I think is awesome. Really good. I believe I, that was her second to last song she performed. Or no, no, no. When, when I saw one. when I saw Gubball, it was one of her last songs. Oh, oh, when you saw it live. How I, many of these songs did she play? She only played the singles. She played gotcha. Green Light, Perfect Places, Liability. Okay, gotcha. And then all of it was pure heroin. Liability must have been kind of like a yeah. eh, slow, like, whatever. Right. Perfect Places and Greenlight, I think, are the two biggest hits, but the Louvre is getting a lot of buzz. Yeah, the Louvre. You know, uh, they're going to hang us in the back of the Louvre. It's the back, but it's the Louvre, so. <laughs> no big deal. I thought Hard Feeling, Loveless, was really, really well-done song. I, I could have done without Loveless being attached to it as much, but... Hard Feeling, I thought, was a song that really went... And Supercut, I really liked a lot. It really stood out to me. Some interesting writing in both of those. Yeah, and, right. Interesting writing, unique perspective, mm-hmm. and there's just so much more to dig into on melodrama than there is on Hopeless right. Found Kingdom or Witness. Right. Yeah, and even just, like, the the way that the, the... You said this before, the way the songs move together, it's almost like a rising and a crashing, which I think fits so much for, like, those growing pains of someone going from... 16, 17, 18 to their early 20s, like, mm-hmm. you're gonna have those really high highs where things just are very exciting, fun, life is hitting you all at once, and it's amazing, and then life's gonna hit you all at once, and it's gonna feel like shit, and you're just like, fuck, like, I'm at my lowest point right now, and that's what really how this album sounds, it's very up and down, a lot of swelling, falling, it's cool, Yeah, definitely a great album, check out Melodrama, definitely probably, I'd say out of the, all the albums we reviewed the last two weeks, my favorite one. It's probably one of the best of the year already. Yeah, I, uh, you know? damn. Well, I, I say, besides damn, is there anything better? Nothing I can think of off the top of my head. <sighs> Nothing that's as widely appreciated. Right. Like, obviously, I love Culture by Amigos, but I can't you know, right. say it's a better album than this. Yeah. Passion Fruit wasn't consistent enough all the way through, and there's so You mean more life? Yeah, sorry, more <laughs> life. Basically, I've just been listening to Passion Fruit. That's a playlist, you know, yes. low expectations. Right, exactly, so. All American Badass by Joey Badass. I still want to uh, stump for that. Live. Yeah, and uh, I really like TMO still. I'm listening to that a lot, but I don't know if it would be on this level. This is yeah, some other shit. Good shit. Absolutely. So we got uh, I got Finn Staples uh, Friday. Mm-hmm. We got Haim next month. We got Jay-Z yeah. at the end of this month. 
exciting. Action Bronson probably in July. Then LCD Sound System. Then LCD Sound System in September. And uh, hopefully catching up on Twin Peaks somewhere in between there. Yeah. If culture will slow down just a little bit. Yeah. We'll have our Game of Thrones episode uh, up in a few weeks. That's still pretty far away. Got, you know, three weeks till then. Yeah, check out Binge Mode. It's uh, really good. I listened to a couple of them and they're, it's pretty fantastic. Yeah. So, really enjoy They're really good what they do. Podcast from the Ringer. So, yeah. The, Melly Rubin and Jason Exception are so fucking good at that. It's ridiculous. <laughs> There's a few times I was listening to that, uh, and I actually like burst out laughing when he was doing a Grandmaster Pie Cell, <laughs> and he was like, mm, "Yes, uh, titles, titles, titles." <laughs> uh, so perfect. <laughs> All right, well, we're gonna wrap up. Like I said, share us SoundCloud.com/slash/NostalgiaPod if you want to catch up on older podcasts and just follow us on all social media. At yeah. Martin Swagger, at Shady World Peace. We want to communicate with you. Tell us where you're listening to. Watch those XXL freshman freestyles. Some of them will be really bad, and you'll be entertained. Yeah. So it'll be uh, be interesting. Fuck X. He sucks. <laughs> PNB Rock. Uh, Every day we live. What the fuck is that? Anyways, <laughs> see you next week. All my days, I pray.